Hello, grandkids, and welcome to Stunt Granny Audio at 908. This is Kevin DeFrango. On the other end is Shahid Abdul Hadi. What's up, good sir? Hello, everybody. I'm here to do the show, not to make friends, but to make money. But I don't even make money, so I don't even know why I'm doing the show. So I guess it's because Kevin is my friend. Uh, yeah, I, I don't make any money either, if that's any, uh, any, any positive. Um, but, uh, yep, here we are still, what the hell, uh, why not, I have the free time, and I do actually spend a decent chunk of money just being able to operate the site, so, uh, may as well produce something here. Doing the Lord's work. (laughs) Yep, um, so, you know... NXT, I feel like, is the uh, the best show running currently. That is correct. It has been for quite a while, thanks to the working hands of the Click, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. It's funny, just who would have guessed that Shawn Michaels would have turned into Paul Heyman, ECW <laughs> style? Uh, yeah, like I mean, he seemed like a uh, reluctant. Uh, reluctant to get in at first into this whole corporate uh, part of the WWE. Uh, it's worked out fantastically, though. It has. It's, I like NXT because we've talked about before, they put, like, they make everything matter to us to, like, at least a certain extent. And even oh. when they do silly stuff, they do it earnestly. Like, they know their audience, they know what their audience likes, and they might do goofy stuff, but they kind of play it straight. Yeah. So, the goofy stuff works because it fits the tone of the show, and then the serious stuff just really fits because it's funny when they get serious, they get extremely serious, but they don't mind doing like Scooby-Doo shenanigans <laughs> in the same show. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was... Uh... There was serious talk and shenanigans uh, with, with the women's champion uh, all in one show <laughs> this week. With the women's champion and like the men, the men's champion, like Ilya Dragunov can basically turn into a maniac because Baron Corbin is calling him a deadbeat father who chose his career over his family. <laughs> While at the, spot, the same time, making fun of Carmelo Hayes saying like, you jumped yourself, leave me out of it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh Dragonov is uh definitely uh can uh flip like a coin quite easily. You know what's funny about him? It's the same thing they had with well Yo Sky, but Yo Shirai when she's when she was at NXT. A lot of their best champions tend to be tweeners. Like Oh, they kind of, because when I look at Ilya Dragunov, it's like, I, they were kind of treating him a hit, as a heel only because he was fighting faces, but when he was fighting Baron Corbin, he was not the heel on that, so I guess he's just, he's just him. I think it just depends on who he fights, like, I, I'm about fighting, I don't mind if I get hurt, I'll die in the ring, so you have to kill me to get my title, and sometimes I had the red contacts in, and sometimes I don't. Uh, yeah, I I am glad that it's not like, oh, this is the more vicious side when he puts in the red contacts. That would uh, that would be a hard sell. 
this. I definitely enjoy his character work, and I yep. definitely enjoy his matches because he just looks like a man. Whereas, like you, it really feels like you have to murder him to beat him. Uh, well, I mean, to me, him and Darby Allen are uh, very similar in and of the fact that they just put everything into every move. <laughs> That is true, but Darby Allen, this seems like he'll beat you by exhaustion. <laughs> like, like you'll just get tired. Like, oh, you're dragging off. Like, he will. Like, that's the main. Yeah. He has a mean streak. Like, he will hurt you. I still remember that match he had against Gunter. That, that's the last time I saw Gunter like basically get outmatched. Like, he just felt like like he no. just he was just so damn aggressive and relentless that Gunter just like. Enough of this. <laughs> and it's just amazing yeah. seeing how far Gunter's come. Like, people, let's assume that's going to be the dragon off to do that again. But in the meantime, he's basically, you know, I'm walking around the suit. I'm the fighting champion, but I'm going to fight on my terms. And it's getting him getting caught up in the whole Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes thing. It's just funny because it started with him and Carmelo Hayes. Uh, yes. It's about like is Carmelo Hayes can he be tough enough to hang with Dragonoff and he was but he still lost the belt and now it's just playing the whole thing like Carmelo Hayes is jealous of Trick Williams taking his shine even though Carmelo Hayes is about to be on SmackDown this week in the U.S. title tournament. Uh, yeah, that uh, that factoid I feel was uh, consist- conspicuously absent <laughs> during NXT. Like, hey, dog, you're uh, you're you're getting a shot on the main roster here. That's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's focused on other. It's, that whole storyline is funny because everybody assumed it's him. And he's out here pretending like I don't know what y'all talk about. It's, it's Lexus King. It's this guy, that guy, and everybody like it's like Lexus King whole paper. I basically locked the kid on the premium live event. <laughs> I mean, that's a way. That's such an ingenious thing because it's only five matches. It tends to be five or six matches per those pay per views. Oh, and the yeah. fact that his whole thing is basically like, I want to get attention. I don't care how I did it. Just fits his character because his character is a douchebag. <laughs> I hate that facial hair. I can't stand anything about him. And I guess that's the point because I actually care enough to dislike him, and I do dislike him. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I have, uh, been impressed, uh, that, uh, they've gotten me to, uh, care about, uh, formerly Brian Pillman Jr., now Lexus King. Like, I, I, I could have cared less in, uh, AEW what he was up to. Yes, and I, I felt the same way, and I was kind of skeptical when he went to, NXT, not just wondering how they would use him, and it and it felt like they were going to lean into his lineage, and then for them to go one eighty saying, "Well, he's a deadbeat dad; he wasn't around, so would be somebody else." Like that was definitely a choice, <laughs> um, and it's just like it works. Like I don't know if his ring work is there yet, but the one thing about wrestling is you can always get like ring work is actually the least important thing. As long as you cop it, because it's like if you have a if you can do promos and you get people to care about you, you can learn the ring stuff. You just have to be good enough. Like oh. you only have to be great in the ring if your gimmick calls for you to be great in the ring. 
yeah, and it's something that Jeremy and I talked about. Like, because he's a heel, he can eat a loss without a whole lot of a problem. And I mean, this week's show kind of proved it. Uh, him weaseling his way into the uh, next breakout star tournament uh, is uh, perfect slimeball behavior for that kind of a character. Yes, and it works. And it's funny how it works in a vacuum and then it works with this whole storyline because it's kind of like Carmelo hates his baby face and uh, he's too much of an asshole. <laughs> and it and it helps. It's wild because it's it's like a repeat of HBK and Diesel. Or it's kind of like the small man is the heel and the big man is the babyface. It normally doesn't work that way, but it's kind oh. of like Trick Williams is so damn charismatic and just like he has he has it. Like he definitely oh. has that big gene, and he had he's kind of like basically Velveteen Dream without all the drama. uh yeah yeah he uh seems to have a lot less uh negativity surrounding him no it's like he has the athletic ability he has the charm he he has the connection with the crowd he has an awesome ring song which definitely works like if you get some you get crowd to chant for you halfway there and like the wrestling's picking up like when you're a great athlete you can learn how to wrestle if you know how like if you know coordination he's definitely picking up and he's still like very new to the game so he's definitely somebody where you can see him thriving on the main roster like two years from now easily uh yeah i mean i do think that that's one of the things uh the development uh that's been going on has helped to make nxt as enjoyable as it has just because a lot of the people uh you are kind of seeing them move up like trick. Um, and I mean, she got, uh, even more ring time this week. Uh, lash legend, uh, looking, uh, looking really good. It's such, I'm glad you brought, it. I'm about to talk, talk about her in a second, but <laughs> the, also the benefits of moving up is kind of like now when they move to the main roster, you don't feel like they're going to down the vine like they would have when you know who was in charge. Like you see the Korean oh. brothers, basically get treated like a big like they basically treat like you know just the mess just the next big tag team in WWE and they hadn't been on the main roster that long and they were kind of like from the oh. moment they got there they were treated like these guys can wrestle their ass off. That was, uh, that was yeah. their gimmick. Yeah it helps when you can uh and they Michael Cole is not shy about talking about it. he's like Oh yeah, Julius Creed could have uh, trained for the Olympics. He decided to come to the WWE. And it doesn't sound like a lie. Like, they are <laughs> they are the closest thing to the Steiner brothers that we have had since the Steiner brothers, and that is not small praise at all. Like I'm amazed at both of them because they have two completely bo- different body types, and they both seem like they could do the exact same move set. And neither one of them should be able to do the moves that they can do for for different reasons. <laughs> Like, Julius shouldn't be that. Like, Julius is just a mutant athlete. And Brutus is also a mutant athlete. Like, you see that short and stocky thing, and it's like, that boy can move. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's really fast and really agile for her, uh, his body type, for sure. Yes, and it works, and they're doing something with them and Ivy Nile, and it's kind of like she works there, too. It's like... 
didn't fork the four foot ten enforcer of the group. Because <laughs> it looks like she's like she has like five percent body fat, so they they all it all just fits. And it's yeah. kind of like they treat them like a big deal. They give them time, so you see that has you you know more you know positive to the future. So when they have other people move up. They'll get time because we have seen times like back in the day when people been a big deal on NXT and they get their main roster and well, I don't know what to do with them, pal. <laughs> and they just yeah. like die or just get stagnant for a long time until so they finally get used right. So I'm glad we don't have those days anymore. I'm glad you brought up Last Legend because it's just I watched that pay per view <laughs> and I watched it last week and this week and it's like it's what we talked about. They found the cheat code when it comes to young people. Get athletes that look like models that have some charisma and teach them how to wrestle. Oh. Yep. Like, she looks like Xena. <laughs> and they just teach them how to wrestle. Like, she is, like, what, 5'11", 6 foot. And I know when they had, like, the combine scores and stuff, like, she was kind of, like, right behind a tie with Bianca Belair like in almost everything. You know how high praise that is? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild. And I think people just got caught up in the whole, oh, she does, she's good on the mic, but she doesn't have ring work. I'm like, all those men event, like she was on NXT Level Up like uh, every other Friday. Like she was just gradually getting matches in, getting matches in over and over again. I think people didn't really pay attention to her until the whole metaphor thing started. But that oh. woman body slammed Otis with ease. It, and I was like, I, I still can't believe she did. Because it wasn't like this, I, I barely got him up. It's like, I got him up, held him, and slammed him. And it's like, he has to wait probably twice as much as she does. Uh, she, uh, it, it, at least according to Wikipedia here, uh, is being billed as six foot 174. So, uh, yeah, if Otis isn't quite twice her weight, he is getting very close. That, that man's no, over no, three bills. No. Yeah, they be, they be saying he's 330 my ass. He ain't 330. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, no way, bro, that man is that man's probably 375, 380. Because <laughs> he is like, so, like he's big, but he's solid. So, uh, yeah. Is, yeah, that that man has some uh, gigantic uh, quads and calves. He does not skip leg day. Yes, and the fact that she got him up is just like, the whole crowd was like, wow, they made it a big deal. And then at the pay-per-view, it was like, yes, book her like Vader. Like she's in a ring with a bunch of women that's like between that's five eight and shorter. Like let her be a powerhouse because she looks like a powerhouse. Like just book her that way. And it's no. just amazing where it's kind of like she hasn't been wrestling that long. And the amount of improvement she had in such a short time is just I think because she got overshadowed by like Tiffany Stratton and like Kiana James. Like they have so many women as this prodigies that's like she kind of they forgot about her and now the fact is like no how many people you got that that looks like that that can do what she can do yeah sh shame on her for for not picking it up like two months into her uh wrestling career like uh like those women 
and yeah, she, like, she she took a year to develop. <laughs> and it's just wild because I see her and I see Nikita Lyons. It's still like I remember when they were interacting, and I remember just the mindset surrounded to kind of like Nikita Lyons was going to be the it girl, and I remember how the internet. Like, I remember Wade Barrett making fun of people talking about y'all was being thirsty online and he was tutting that. And she's getting pushed a certain way, and then her personal stuff kind of overshadowed her race stuff, and then she got hurt multiple times. And now she's playing catch up because it's like a lot of people have passed her by as far as you know, next big thing. Not to say she can't she can't catch up because she's still like what 22, 23. So she got plenty of time. It's just kind of like she doesn't stand out as much because they have so many unique individuals compared to even like a year ago so she just no. has to play she just has to play catch up and if she wants to do it she'll do it but it's just wow how how much can change in a year and like <laughs> it's especially when it comes like we talk about the woman NXT like Indy Hartwell used to be the athletic marvel and then you think about it now and it's like she still is but it's like it's like 13 of people like her down there uh yeah it's uh it because i mean they just had the there wasn't anyone there weren't a lot of people that stood out during the women's uh breakout star like obviously the two finalists i think were the best because kalani jordan was another one who uh was great at the pay-per-view that I, I think she kind of built on the match that her and Lola Vice had in the finals for that. Uh. Yes, she like she's basically she basically took Sol Ruka's spot because Sol Ruka got her. Yeah, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Where it's funny where they actually have three women whose gimmicks are I'm beautiful and I'm super like I'm Power Rangers like her. They, so Ruka, Danny Palmer, and Kalani Jordan are just like <laughs> have very similar gimmicks. They just look completely different. And it's just wild where it's like Sol Ruka was definitely getting pushed till she got hurt. And it's like Danny Palmer was cause and her Danny Palmer used to be a tag team, so that Danny Palmer was getting the time until they decided to give Kalani Jordan the time. And now Kalani Jordan is there, like, you know, I look like an R and B singer, I'm a gymnast. <laughs> And it's like she just has natural baby face energy. Like you just want to oh. like her because like she's likable, but she's fiery. And it's like, oh, I, I watch RBD matches and Brian Danielson promos. That's what she said. That's who she learns from. <clears throat> uh, not uh, not a bad place for her to be uh, pocketed in. Yes, it would have been more hilarious if she had did that in reverse, but I'm glad she didn't. So. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, she definitely built on, like, it's funny where you bring up, like, the breakout challenges, just kind of like, Jakara Jackson, I don't know, I don't know if she's hurt, or it's just, she hasn't wrestled in a long time. Well, yeah, I mean, they did say that she was injured in the tournament, but they haven't really followed up, and (coughs) it's always one of those situations when someone's hanging around, I always feel like, that's when you're like, well, they've got to be close to recovery, right? Or else they wouldn't keep them on TV. I mean, like, she's going to be on TV just because she's part of that group. But I yeah. remember where her and Lash used to be do tag matches on Level Up. 
but I haven't seen her like in the ring in a while. But it's kind of like she fits. She's the type where she just stands out so much because like no else looks like her either, and like oh. that whole faction is just hilarious. <laughs> so like yeah. until she come back to wrestle, just her being herself just works. Um, yeah, it's between Kalani Joan and Lola Vice. It's just wild because it's like out. Where do they find these women? <laughs> like literally, you just kind of like um. I've been studying martial arts since I was three. I got into MMA. I look like a video model, and I'm going to decide to wrestle. Making 45, 50 grand a year as a developmental wrestler, as a developmental wrestler, because I feel like that's my future. Um, that was not happening like eight to ten years ago. We weren't <laughs> we were not really getting women like that. <laughs> that uh, was just mm-hmm. like coming up into wrestling and. I don't know what changed. I guess it's kind of like when they started going toward going after like college athletes or like that young age. But even if you go after them, they still want to want to do it. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You see all these like you see these people, and it's kind of like they have all these people like, yes, I want to be a professional wrestler. That seems like a future for me. And it's like people that you wouldn't expect to have done that even not too long ago. And I think that's just the biggest cheat code they have with the women. Uh, yeah, it's well, it does help just in general. Uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels uh, tend to actually put them on TV. Like it's funny how that works when uh, they're consistently on TV. It uh, it helps uh, all of them out. It definitely, it definitely helps. Like you see it, like they have so many women on this show, and it never feels like it's forced or it's just like. And the women get time. Like Corey J finally back after injury and <laughs> enhancements. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> injuries. Yes, you know, she, okay, self, 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 self inflicted wounds. Yes, uh, pec injury that he like. I, I had saw her Instagram like a month ago, so it's like, yeah, she. It's definitely for that, you know. She did the same thing Tiffany Stratton did. Like, I always make the joke with my friends, like, you know when women are serious about the career in WWE when they kind of do that pick work. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's funny where Corey J is kind of like slides into that mean girl role that really nobody else had beside her. So, hey. which is funny because she was gone and it was like, she just came back and was like, oh, I'm right back, you know. Like she stands out where it's like, she's evil AJ Lee. Uh, well, yeah, and I guess that's the thing, because, like, Tiffany Stratton is definitely a heel, but a d- completely different type of heel. And Blair Davenport, she has that bully energy, but I do think that it helps that uh, she has an extra identity because she's attacked everyone in the parking lot. Yes, and it's different because it's still a xenophobic, xenophobic industry, and she's a foreigner. So she gets to be the she gets to be the foreign hill, and you know, like they have different, they have a lot, of, they have so many different type of hills that it fits because it's you know Ariana Grace is the beauty queen hill, Tiffany Stratton is I'm a rich Barbie doll that can fight, and I'm better. Like you hear, if you hear some of her promos, ooh, like people like you should be waiting on people like me. Like you should be in a, like we not you should be in the service industry. Not wrestling me. 
<laughs> and I'm just sitting here like if it's if it's her character, I'm like, you mean, lady? <laughs> she be calling people bums and serfs, and I'm like, it's, it's like I guess it's like if she's like Charlotte Flair, if Charlotte Flair kind of leaned into the album. That, you know, I'm naturally genetically superior because Tiffany, Strat- Tiffany Stratton definitely gives off like <laughs> I, I have more money than you. I look better than you. You are a bum, <laughs> and you only got the nerve to get in the ring. But she can back it up because I was like, it's no, so, like if you were to design a WWE woman heel, it would look like her. It would look like I'm blonde. I'm five seven. I'm a gymnast that's also a bodybuild. I look like Barbie. <laughs> I talk. I have a Minnesota accent, so everything I say sounds snobbish, and I can wrestle my ass off. Like that's is she's gonna make them so much money. Like she she ready for the main roster now. It's like she's oh. spin her wheels. Like she is ready. Uh, well, it, it, her and Roxanne, like whenever they feel like pulling the trigger with either of them, I, it completely makes sense. Yeah, put put Tiffany on Raw, put Roxanne on SmackDown, and go from there. And it's like they they have the benefit of being patient, but they just have a plethora of just like talent. Because we talked about all that, we didn't talk about the champion. Like, who would have guessed Lyra Valkyrie when she when she first came in? Like, I'm I'm Irish and I got feathers. Uh, and I like to do free running. And now she's the, you know, she's the champion. It feels justified. Whereas, like, she just beats people. She just kicks people in the face and beats them up when she's not dealing with stalkers. <laughs> that Tato Paxton thing is so damn weird. Like, it's it's funny because I remember Tato Paxton and like Diamond Mind. Like, I'm training with Ivy now, and then just her just doing a 180 is like I'm stalking the champ. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's what completely caught me off guard. She had, did she have a singles match recent? Oh yeah, she lost to Lola Vice, I think? Yes, yes she did. And she was still talking about, you know, Lola Vice, her, your hair smells so nice. I don't, <laughs> mind, I don't mind the loss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was just like, hold, like, I almost didn't notice her when she was up for that match, but now that she is, I'm like... Oh well, this this is a gimmick. <laughs> like they had a picture on Instagram of Lala Valkyria taking a selfie, and then if you look close enough behind her, it's Tatum Paxley, and then you see a picture of Tatum Paxley looking at Lala Valkyria. Everybody was like, "Lara, you don't see her." <laughs> like they try to warn her, like that woman is right behind you. Like she just pops up like twice in the show, kind of like sneaking there, and then she slid in the ring and like. Hugging her and stuff, and Lyra Kira is like, "What? What is? What's wrong with you? Like, like what are you doing?" And I mean, we've had storylines like this before. Um, of course, Trish Stratus and Nikki James, but also um, who was it? AJ? Who did AJ have it with? <laughs> it wasn't Mickey um, James again, was it? Just an no, on the opposite foot. It was her. Oh. Um, Soraya, when she wasn't Soraya. Oh, yeah, Paige. When they were, out, when they were trying to out-lesbian each other. Yeah. <laughs> during, during that, because I remember right before the, the women's revolution, um, the women were 
it was a weird phase going on with the women right before those women call, got called up. And let's just leave it at that. But it's, <laughs> it's just the women's roster is just so deep in NXT. And it's just kind of like they just have different women from different backgrounds, just different styles. And, just, and they give them time and they care. And you see it in the fact that you see CM Punk down there doing what he wanted to do in AEW, like, I'm going to train these young people. They're going listen, to listen to me because unlike the people in AEW, I don't need to, to teach me nothing or whatever. <laughs> whatever was going on there, they like, <laughs> CM Punk can't teach me a damn thing except for how not to use drugs. A lot of the people in NXT grew <laughs> up, like, you saw Corey Jade, like, she had a picture with CM Punk when she was, like, 11. So. Oh, yeah, and both her and Roxanne have talked about how much AJ Lee influenced them. I mean, you see that because like they, <laughs> they they're around the same size. Like AJ Lee inspired a lot of people. Like you could yeah. be that small and still be a star. So it's like they look at CM Punk kind of like how people used to look at HBK. You got to think about like CM Punk been wrestling a long time, and a lot of people in NXT are like in their twenties. <laughs> Well, that was one thing that I, it it really did not dawn on me how long CM Punk had been off of WWE. I mean, he had that stint doing the, the Fox show, but he wasn't on like a televised program. I, I didn't realize it had been a decade, quite yes. frankly. But his whole uh, Jamaican me crazy line with Kofi <laughs> Kingston this week, I'm like, Oh, like he didn't really say that, did he? And then I saw it. I'm just like, oh my god! But Kofi was doing that gimmick when he left. Like that is wild. And it's funny where I forgot they were not just role partners; like they were tag team champions together. <laughs> and it's just like it's the CM Punk thing is just amazing because like he really feels he's, he just looks happy. Like he looks, in, he looks in better shape. He just like he don't have any stress. He, like that man, like how amazing it is to see him on an NXT pay per view with a Bret Hart hoodie in the ring with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> if somebody told you like three or four, like four years ago, or even two years ago, come on now. Uh, well, I mean that's why I almost want to buy the Hell Froze Over t-shirt but again like not to put too fine of a point on really both of this week's shows Vince McMahon not being around uh, definitely changes some people's minds and on, on that list is definitely CM Punk yeah, there's no way in the world CM Punk would have came back if Vince is still in charge like it's because it's kind of like because I don't even think Vince, like, Vince, oh, let bygones be bygones when it comes to business. But it's to a certain point. And I think even more than, like, if Vince would have been cool with that, I don't necessarily think CM Punk would have been. Because it's like, I, I'm with the same, like, do I really want to deal with Vince McMahon? See, and it's like, yeah. And like a Vince McMahon show. And it's like, will Vince McMahon treat me the way I want to be treated? Because Triple H definitely will. Like, the way they treat CM Punk now, like, yes, you are a legend. You are a big deal. We're going to treat you like one. And that's, but at the oh. same time, it's kind of like, we're doing this because we understand your, your worth. But we don't have to. Like, it's like, we'll be fine with or without you. But if you're here, we might as well make it work because otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> and they definitely feel like they they are making, like, 
and making it work. Like people spend whatever you want to say about Sam Punk, people care about what he does. Like he's making a lot of money on merchandise. He's moving ratings. He's moving units. And boy, him and Seth Rollins. That's <laughs> <laughs> just like the best day. I hate shoot promos, but I love promos that that's based from truth. Like that Seth Rollins promo is perfect because he's telling stuff that if you watch wrestling, it makes sense. Because if you know Sam Punk's like, you know, this is your last chance. You know, you like pissing people off, and I don't, I hate you, but I want you on the show because when you crash and burn, I'll be here to laugh at you. <laughs> and that fits from a wrestling standpoint. Yeah. It's like Seth Rollins is a petty ass man, and then it's like if you watch WWE. You kind of know, like, one, they start to get with the Shield. Two, you watch enough Seth Rollins interviews to know you don't like that man. But they'll still do business. Like, you don't got to like somebody. It's, I don't think it's like this whole, I, I can't, I hate his guts. I won't even be in a ring with him. It's just kind of like, I don't like how he does business, but we can make money together because Seth ain't no dummy. You know, so it's just, it's enough truth to it. So I want you to see what's happening next. And I just love it because it's just like when Seth not being, you know, the Joker, he being the, he being the other Joker, like the vicious Joker. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I And that is something that was probably needed. You know, just to kind of turn things a little bit with his character. It might have been getting, well, not might have been. I feel like it was getting a little bit stale at least. Yeah. I mean, it started getting more serious when he was when he was shooting Nakamura, and Nakamura was like, "You gonna you gonna die on your shield trying to be a tough guy? You gonna see how that lasts?" And then Seth Seth started doing the whole nobody's a hundred percent if they wrestle in WWE. I'm a I I got perfect attendance. Yuck! I hate that stupid stuff. But it started from there, and it yeah. continues from there, and it's like. You know that's going to be an awesome WrestleMania day one main event if they go with that match and you know, call Steve Austin. But I like how they move Nakamura to Cody Rhodes because it's just like an anime storyline. Like <laughs> Nakamura to talk about, I was in your shoes and you saw what happened to me, so I'm gonna make sure that happened to you. <laughs> like you, you didn't finish your story, so I'm gonna finish mine at your expense. That's so damn. Petty, but so damn accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it does uh, work really, really well. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, Shinsuke just continues to the the vignettes that they're doing with him are have been really, really great. It's just awesome. It's like I don't know. It's easy to say they should have did this a long time ago, but they should have did this a long time ago. <laughs> And I'm just glad they're doing it now. And it's just like, it's, he's getting his, like, it's, before he was always like, the image didn't match with what you saw. Like, you knew he was, you knew this was there, but they didn't present him in that way. And now they're oh. presenting him in that way. So it just matches. Like, this is a evil ass man <laughs> that has a point. <laughs> like, that's the thing, like, with both the Seth Rollins stuff and the Cody Rhodes stuff, it's like, Everybody rooting for Cody Rhodes, but Shinsuke got a point. <laughs> I'm not going to root for him, but I. it's like, it's not like Drew McIntyre whole thing is just different where it's like, he's only a heel because he's fighting people you like, but nothing he said was wrong. Shinsuke oh. is kind of like, he didn't say anything wrong either, but he just being very self-serving what he's trying to do. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's the difference between him and McIntyre is that McIntyre isn't really doing the self-serving part of that. Yeah, he's just saying, I'm telling the truth. If you're a fan of me, you like the truth, you're going to root for me. I appreciate you. If you don't, you shouldn't have been rooting for me in the first place. You mad? Oh, you, why don't you let stuff go? You like, let what go? <laughs> you, saw what, you saw what happened to me. Like, I, I finally won the championship. We had a damn pandemic, and I couldn't get fans. And then we finally get fans, and I get screwed. And then I get a chance, and I get in front of my country, and I get screwed again. And y'all want me to let it slide because that man got a T-shirt and saying, yeet. Ain't how that worked. <laughs> He's like, y'all can forgive him if y'all want. Like, this man jumped me. Like, what you thought was going on? Like, he's like, uh, I don't feel like uh, Michael Cole did a good job. I, I feel like he was uh, trying to go for the, but it's not really Jay's fault argument this week on Raw, but fell short because, uh, I mean, it was Solo Sokoa who interfered in that match in Wales. So uh, you you could place the blame on his shoulders and not on Jay's, uh, should one want to. Yes, and it's like, well, Solo's not there and Jay is. So, uh, well, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so somebody got to get this. So, like, it's funny, like, it's true just feels justified. So that's why this bond is funny. Like he's on, he's only a heel because he's fighting people. We like Shinsuke is just being selfish. Like he he blaming Cody for what he went through. Cody didn't have nothing to do with. It's like, well, if I got screwed, you get screwed too. That's how life works. But it's and Cody Rose is just Captain America. Like he gonna fight the good fight and then get spit in the face <laughs> twice. Oh. Like, you better wait. Like I know they're having a strap match in Madison Square Garden um, on a house show, and it's like they getting like thirteen, fourteen thousand a day after Christmas on a Tuesday. Like it's just I know they're cutting back. They want to cut back on on house shows in general, but they have been doing very good ticket sales for a while, like at least a year now. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, the the attendance has just uh, been pretty wild for them in general, especially with those prices. Like people people say <laughs> they they missed they like they missed the uh, the pay per views where they had the custom rings and the custom like I'm like yeah they're not getting those back because like that space can be used for seats and they charge a lot of money for those seats and people spend a lot of money to go so it's like. <laughs> I've missed the Armageddon sets and the No Mercy sets and like the custom sets, but money, money. Like I, uh, I, I, I understand. Yeah, that and I mean, how much more money? I mean, does it cost to build it? it you know, all that other good stuff that's uh, involved that isn't, you know, just losing a seat. Yes, I would just tell them, like you know. They they say they say for like they save it for WrestleMania because their WrestleMania sets are just amazing. They're like, if we're gonna oh. do it, we can do it for WrestleMania, or we can do it for like our big like our stadium shows. Like, do it for that. Well, and that that kind of has helped them out a little bit. If to scratch that itch, is that they've done more outdoor shows, and and they have had the unique shows just because. 
I mean, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast, but I mean, they're doing the show in Germany next year. Uh, What? One in Australia. And and one they, in France. Yeah, and they just announced France now, too. Yeah, and it just feels like normal. And it's like, it wasn't like that. Where it's like, we just having pay-per-views all like... I know they used to say WWE's a worldwide company. It's like, yeah, but they used to have like Raw. <laughs> Not just, we having three pay-per-views a year somewhere else. It just feels like, I think it's like, because it works. Yeah, they, oh. saw what happened, they saw what happened in Wales. They saw what happened in London. It's like, and they saw AEW did that. And it's like, you know what? It's money to be had. Like, I could easily see them, like, doing something in China or Japan or, like, you know, even, like, I don't know what African nation would they, Nigeria, I guess, Kenya. Like, oh. I could see them, like, you know, down the road, like, having three, like, having three of them, like, three pay-per-views outside the country. I mean, just the Saudi one, and I can easily see the point where it's like, I don't know if they'll ever do a Mania. I think uh, they might do one in, like, London. Yeah, that, London would not surprise me as a uh, Mania location uh, right now. You would just have to work out the time difference, because it's like, that is a time difference. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I guess I enjoy soccer first thing in the morning, but I'm not always sure that I'm ready for yeah. wrestling at 10 a.m. Because, you know, the funny thing is, it, I was looking at, they had the ticket package for Perf pay-per-view. Oh. It's cheaper to go there for like a week than WrestleMania for the weekend in Philly. <laughs> Uh, this is not completely surprising. Although, uh, wow, that's a, that's a long trip. They're like a seven day package, staying in like an apartment and going to the show, I think was like $1,500. And I'm like, that's like two good, that's like, you could, <laughs> if you went to two, you had two decent seats for WrestleMania weekend, you're spending about fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> it is like yeah, so it's it's just wild. Just I remember how down in the dumps WWE was in like 2018 and 2019. Like I remember that Roman Reigns dog food nonsense. I was watching that show and I'm like, what is what is this? Like uh it made me stop kind of like not watch WWE as much and then the pandemic happened and they had to work on the fly and just to see from where they were then to where they are now. And you just look at kind of like they literally have 10 people that can main event a pay-per-view and it doesn't seem out of place. 10. They got like five or six baby faces. That's, that's not even counting people that they could call. Just there now. And I cannot even, I, I want to say the attitude era was like the last time they had it, but even then it was kind of like three at most, maybe four. Like you know, like however how you feel about the big show, but it's like no. it's just so the roster is just so damn deep. It's kind of like it's just a ex, it's just a excess of riches. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. It, it it's been as good as it's been in a long time. 
And again, I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the changes. And I mean, Triple H didn't bring back everyone. He brought back some people. I think he brought back the right people. And they, and I mean, unfortunately, still some people have, have gotten the axe recently. But I mean, it's going to be like that. Like, you can't yeah. have, you're not going to have time for everybody. And it's kind of like you have money, but people like making more money. So it's like cutting Mackenzie Mitchell, like cutting something like Mackenzie Mitchell. It's like it makes any sense, like how much could she have been making? But it's kind of like, what does that have to do anything? Cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. I guess I was kind of surprised they ended up keeping uh, Kelly Kincaid. I keep on trying to think of what her uh, ROH name was, uh, and uh, <clears throat> I can't. Uh, I can't quite remember because she did uh, some announcing, some interviews there, but it was mostly during the pandemic era. Yeah, didn't they just hire back somebody? When they did the new announce teams, when the one was, was it? It wasn't Catherine Kelly, was it? Uh, I mean, she's been back for a while. Yeah, but point. I remember it's like, it was funny how they hired her back. And then it's just kind of like, do that just for a few months later, get rid of Mackenzie Mitchell. I'm like, I guess, well, well we got to pay CM Punk somehow. But <laughs> it's, it's just kind of like, it's the roster is so damn deep on all the shit. Like, between the present and the future. I want to say this is the best that WWE has been since like post added, like right when the Rufus Aggression era started, which yeah. is kind of like, it's just deep. And this like, not just deep, it's like people, you can tell people like doing, they like going to work. Like you can just tell oh. they like, they like what they're doing. And it's like, the, we, we've kind of talked about it. We talked about it a lot. It's still weird to see all that. like, I never thought, I figured by the time if Triple H was ever in charge, I'd be a lot older in life. <laughs> like, I know we talked on the show, like, I could, for people who don't realize, if you're a certain age and you've been watching like WWF, WWE, all you know is the McMahon running things. That's all it's been since it started. It's been, yeah, oh. Vince Senior, Vince Junior, like it's been and that's how this and we always felt like Vince is gonna die before he retires. Was always like the feeling, and it's just like we didn't we always make like excuses to like he had a lot of good stuff, so you excuse the bad stuff. It's like, well, who else gonna do it? Like you know, we talking about Triple H and everything it was like, yeah, it was like like it's only so much you can do when you're not the one in charge and like it's way he work out stuff like unless he die or something drastic happen I don't see that change anytime soon well drastic shit happened so he's in like Triple H is in charge and it's kind of like he knows what he's doing oh. he, really, he really knows what he's doing uh yeah uh, it, it, it's been something to, to go from honestly one of, if not the most infamous WrestleMania match ever <laughs> to to this, yes, is that that that's that's quite the turnaround. I mean, I even think that there might have been uh, Triple H is killing the business on 
like Stunt Granny Audio 150 or something like that. Yes. And now now we're here. (laughs) And it's funny where when Triple H first got like some type of creative control, his first two like big name like hires was Sin Cara and Awesome Kong. And by the, and they like they both made sense when it happened, and they didn't work out for completely different reasons. This is kind of like, yeah. oof, like you got just what a way to start. Like you got sneak bit twice. So to see how that started, and to see how it is now, and just not just how it is now, like the rumors in the future. Like I don't want to like jump the gun because who knows? You know, it could be a time by the time we get to SummerSlam that like uh, Mercedes, aka Sasha Banks. Julia and Okada are in WWE ranks because I've, I've seen the smoke around Julia like they have talked to her she has talked to them and I they definitely seem like there's some interest there and it's kind of like she's done everything she can do in stardom and she ain't gonna like she's not gonna go to AEW she go to WWE Mercedes doesn't have any reason not to, like all the issues oh. that she had with WWE are gone now so it's like yeah, if she want to go back, the door is open. <clears throat> that one's just been surprising that it hasn't already happened. Uh, honestly, saving it. <laughs> like it, it's funny where the women. We talking about the women's roster on NXT. The women's roster in Raw and SmackDown so damn deep. It's like, like Damage Control was five people, four of them are champs. <laughs> like the fact that they have a woman faction with five people and it's like it's not just bumps it's like it's Dakota Kai Bailey Asuka Io Sky and Kyrie Sane Dakota like, Kai is the bum in that yeah, situation like, and that says a lot like as good as Dakota Kai is and she's the worst person in your faction like if she's a Larry Zabisco in your faction you got a hell of a damn faction so <laughs> it's like they they're saving her, and it's like when she, when she wants to like. I think she she just started training again because she had to get healthy, and it's oh. like it's. I'm not gonna beat up my AEW, but if they let her slide through her, they let her slide through their fingers. They're gonna know blame but themselves. <laughs> Nobody, because she was at she was at a show. They had a chance, and for whatever reason, I don't know what happened or why they didn't seal the deal, but they didn't. And I have a picture. She gonna be. I'm coming home, and she gonna be. I'm gonna hear Michael Pope, Michael Cole saying it's boss time sometime soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the, the women in AEW just still don't. Tony Storm has been a good thing. And, I love it so much. But they still, the women just still haven't had a consistent push though. There, like. Her and Britt Baker have gotten pushed, but the women as a whole, the division isn't any better off than it has Uh, been in the past, even though it's a better division. Like, I think that they're deeper than they were when they started, but there's some type of writing problem with the women over there, and I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, their biggest issue was... Too many times their champion wasn't the face of the division. Like Britt Baker getting all that mic time was fine when she's the champ, but she kept getting it when she wasn't. Like I, I when she complained, I barely get any mic time. I'm like Heifer, you got you had it for like three years. Like enough. <laughs> 
I don't get the I ain't cut a live promo in months. I'm like, yeah, you're that is not missed. Like you got to hog that spotlight all that time. Nobody trying to like nobody trying to hear all that. Like they they it was too many times when they had people like the champs weren't being pushed like they were a chance. If it was wherever no. it was a Carl Sheeta or Jamie Hader. It was like it was always like when Jamie Hader was champ. It was like oh Rick Baker getting all that time, oh Soraya getting all that time. When Carl Sheeta was champ, it's like oh other people getting that time. I'm glad they had to put on Tony Storm because ain't nobody gonna push her out the damn line. Like like. Uh, well, I mean, she has already been like her and Sheeta have both gotten bumped multiple times. Actually, that's the the only reason both of them are three time champions now is because they they keep on fucking with both pushing yeah. both of them. Yes, but I like now where it's like Tony. I don't know whose idea was that, but I love how they just like they even got the person that does the Turner Classics. <laughs> <laughs> to do an intro one week and I'm like yeah if you're gonna lean in lean all the way in and it's like they, uh, they lean all the way in yeah and just her this week made me laugh when she wanted her close up and she's just giving off the most awful faces I was just howling cause she is is really hamming this part up too that promo she cut against Sky Blue last week had me rolling. Talk about she, Sky Blue just needs to walk backwards. You know what I'm talking about? Like it when they take a picture from Bottoms. <laughs> and I'm like, for Tony Storm of all people to make that type of joke is just hilarious. And like, you can see Renee trying not to break characters because Renee is like, this is just absurd. And it's <laughs> everything because they'll have a regular match. They just cut the Tony Storm and it's in black and white. And everybody's like, this normal. And I just like how Carl Sheena was like, there's nothing normal about this. Like, yeah, it, it's like when Kevin Owens did the whole, uh, the Elias, uh, what was his Ezekiel, Ezekiel thing? Like, it kind of has that same energy to me. Like, this is, do y'all, do y'all see what's going on? Like, this woman is insane. Why are we just treating like it's normal? And like, they just push like it's normal. And she has the whole entourage and it's like it helps that she can wrestle, and it's like it's just—it's funny. It's a WWE gimmick that's working the AEW because this definitely feels like an NXT. This feel, definitely feels like an NXT gimmick. Oh, that's getting, getting a main roster push with backing, and it's it's working. It's one of the few things that are working because I caught some of AEW. I caught some of that Jericho Omega Ricky Starks segment. Oh. And yeah, I feel the same way you feel. Like Ricky Starks, you need to be making some phone calls. <laughs> I yeah, I, that guy just continually gets screwed over there. Like, I, I, I yeah, like if he's not out of there, I'm like, he can say that it's home in that promo as much as he wants. Oof, dude, like I'm, I'm sorry. They are just not doing right by you, and you need to move along to the WWE. And my thing is, I don't get why they're doing what they're doing. Like it doesn't make sense. Like they treat like every every time he comes out, they talk about how much he sucks, and it has nothing to do with like rank stuff. It has to do with like you just a watered down rock. 
you just a watered down this. You just uh, like an imitation of that. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it's just seem, it seems yeah. so damn counterproductive. Like, why is Chris Jericho and Adam Copeland trying to get over on this little smarty shoot stuff at the expense of somebody that's, that should be your future? Like, y'all don't have all these young people that y'all can just push, like, y'all can just afford to just piss people off like that. Like, oh, we don't need Ricky Starks because we got Sammy Guevara. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, they don't need it. Yeah, we got Jack Perry. We don't, we don't need him. Like, what y'all, what are you doing? Like, cut that out. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that that whole promo in general was just such a mess. Like I was about in tears when Kenny Omega did the whole, oh yeah, the Winnipeg Jets here, and I'm just like, dude, I know that's what you named yourselves after, but could you have like? It, that's what, what was it? Oh, they said that there is no producer for Seth Rollins and uh, uh, CM Punk. I mean, yeah, they were just talking. It wasn't a match. And it seemed like they did the same thing with this promo. And it's just like, maybe maybe someone should have gone over some lines with these guys. Like, maybe trust. they should have given, been given an outline at least and not gone off the rails like this. Yeah. CM Punk and Seth Rollins have been doing it long enough where they don't need, like, they know how to get from point A to point Z. Um, Chris Jericho is self, too self-indulgent, and Kenny Omega is like, he, if it's not Juju Payne, his promos are taking the lead as far as I'm concerned. Like, his stuff is in the ring. But it's just kind of like, I don't know when this whole thing started with this. I don't know if it was like, I think it's when Collision started. It's like they did decide like Collision started and CM Punk left. It's like, oh, well, Ricky Starks was cool with CM Punk. We don't like that. So we're going to spend our time running him down. It's like, don't get mad when he's in WWE and they treat him like a big deal. And it's like, that's not fair because you are basically causing that to happen. And the, and the, oh. the most ironic thing is Chris Jericho should know better because he went through the exact same thing in WCW. Yeah, I, I, it, it is the wildest thing. Like, they know what they have, but they just continue to piss it away. Because even them is, like, I felt like FTR had a decent second run as champions. But Big Bill and Ricky Starks, I, I, like, I almost forgot that they were the champs. Yeah, it's like they had the belts, but they, it's almost feel like it's an afterthought, and it's kind of like it's it's too many times where beside the world champ, too many of the champions there feel like I mean, or I guess when uh, what's his name, Lawrence Cassidy had his belt, it's like most of the chances like the belt don't matter, like it's like it's no. there, but they don't treat like it's important, and it's like. Yeah, like, I, like they, the ROH, the ROH champions, they care about their belts more than the AEW champions care about their belts, and it's kind of like ass backwards. And it's I won't even get the whole ROH. And like you talking about the women, probably their best woman you never see because she's stuck on the ROH. Oh, <laughs> and Tony yeah. Khan's talking about oh whoa. I thought about putting that. Maybe more people need to see Athena. Um, who do you have to ask? Your dad? Last time I checked, you in charge. <laughs> if you want more people to see her, 
Um, I'm I'm sure you can work that out. Uh, yeah, seems seems like a pretty straightforward answer here, guys. I gotta talk to the committee. Like, what are we talking about? Gotta talk to Brian Danielson and see if he will allow this. I laughed my ass off. Oh, Brian, Brian the cop, Danielson. <laughs> what did they think? I thought he was cool. A vegan libertarian, you think he was a cop? You thought he wore sandals that he was cool? Like, okay. You think that'd be one. Yeah, yeah, I got fire CO Pump. Not doing it again. It is hilarious where not just the fact that he's on that committee and it's like he's basically being the fall guy for Tony Khan, but that people that so up about how can your coworker have all this problem? I'm like, did y'all not forget how Randy Orton basically got Ken Kennedy fired because like he, he thought he was sloppy and he was like, this man Russell sloppy get rid of him and they got rid of him. <laughs> like, uh, I mean. If the, the, there are multiple examples like that, like well, I guess uh, Kofi wasn't gotten rid of, but oh boy, does his, did his career take a hit due to yeah, Randy you know, Orton? Like you know, ask Alex Riley how he felt about John Cena. It's like this, like you don't got to be the honest. Like if you got clout, there's a lot of wrestlers that got clout. Like it's funny, it's smart fans who know better when act all real, real weird. I guess because it's like they thought Brian Dancing would be different, but it's like. I don't know why you thought that. Well, and it's like one of those things where it's just like, yeah, Sam Punk was being an asshole. Like, what do you say to the situation about it, you know? Like, yeah, like, it's he's being an asshole that's being counterproductive, and it's just kind of like, that whole thing was a mess because it's just the way, I might get into the whole Sam Punk (laughs) basically gave Triple H the number to dump to the Warner Brothers Try to get on TNT because if that happened, I'm gonna laugh so bad. Like I don't want AEW go out of business, but I'm like, oh, talk about a move that this ends up being the worst, the worst thing that could ever happen. Because I thought about it, you know, for as much good it did, I think if Hulk Hogan never went to WCW, WCW might have not went out of business. And I just think about that every time I see age. Like, the best and worst thing they did was hire CM Punk. Like, they hired CM yeah. Punk when WWE was in the dirt and AEW was on a hot streak, and they were like, this is it. They're going to be, you know, one in one A. And how things have turned from then to now, CM Punk is in NXT smiling and happy, and <laughs> AEW, nobody like each other. And it's just like. Now, you know, they worry about keeping a TV deal. And it's like, everybody just assumes it's going to work out. I'm like, you know, EC, ECW was on TV until they weren't on TV anymore. And then once they weren't on TV anymore, Paul Heyman was was the colored man on Monday Night Raw. And Tommy Dream was wondering where his check was. Yeah, there were a lot of people wondering where their checks were. Yeah, and it's like, you know, Shad Khan has a whole lot of money. But he doesn't have enough money to start his own TV network. Like, you don't have a TV deal. And the way AEW spends money, they, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, like what are they going to stream? Like, it's, no, that's not going, that's not viable for this company as big as they are. Like, you got to be on TV. And no. I, I want them to be around because we need more competition. And them being around makes 
everything better makes WWE better. They need to get the act together. Like, oh, I need to stop messing around. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I, I don't know if my thoughts about uh, Tony Khan are as ominous as the ones uh, for Vincent Kennedy McMahon, but uh, I, I do not have a lot of faith in that guy. Like he he's gone through all this, and I don't feel like anything's really changed on TV, like uh, concept I mean, wise, you know. Yeah, like the best things they have has come out organically and not by design. Like it's Tony Storm and Swerve Strickland. Uh, it, well, that's it. I I I really had to laugh when I saw some headline, you know, on my Google News feed about how. Oh, the guy that uh, the WWE never should have let go is really shining in AEW now. But I'm like, as much as Swerve has been doing great, and it seems like he's going to continue to do great, how many people aren't in that same position <laughs> that came over from the WWE? Yeah, like, you ain't saying that about Miro. You ain't saying that about Andrade or Malachi Black, and you should be. It's like, we talked about the, we talked about this kind of like if you look at all the people who are not big deals who went from WWE to AEW already who weren't big deals already is who made it? Tony Storm, Swerve Strickland, and I mean I guess you could argue like those are the main two, and I guess you could argue um, who else really. Cause I'm well. Oh gosh, I'm I'm almost gonna need to look at their roster to, to get a better and, I, and idea. Probably, but and probably Athena, and she's stuck on our and she's doing it when nobody sees her. Like that's it. Cause it's like you could have Tainara Conti got better, but then she got she's not there because she's pregnant. Um, Ruby Soho until she didn't. Um, uh, oh and yeah. Miro until he didn't. Like there's a lot of people that you could have. If you asked me that question a year ago, I could have told you yes, but it's like, oh, well, Miro don't want to take losses, and we don't know what to do with him. Then let him go. <laughs> like, if <laughs> like, you can't use him, and you don't know how to use him, then why is he there? It's like this. Yeah. Uh, you learned the wrong lesson from WCW. Oh, well. <laughs> Not that he was ever used right in the WWE in some in some ways, but Christian Cage definitely has always had his better days outside of the the WWE uh, umbrella. Yes, he has, and it's just wild because, like, even though that man was a world champion in WWE, him be, basically being a middle aged man that just makes fun of orphans. And dressing like a hood drug dealer from the Bronx is just hilarious to me. Like, I don't, it's just like, I'll, I'm not a Christian Cage fan like most of are, but I do acknowledge that he's definitely over. I'm just, just this whole, oh, I heard your dad died. <laughs> <laughs> like, after a while, it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of, it just feels like cheap and mean spirited, but the fact that it's like, it's just, it's, if your gimmick is, I make fun of you because you, don't have a living father it just shows you how depraved wrestling can be because people just get a just get a kick out of that but it works like he's definitely entertaining and the fact that he can still go in the ring is just wild because it's like you know you think about how brian danson was out all that time it's all the time yeah christian was done it was like oh i'll 
too many concussions, too many injuries. It's like, we don't trust that. And he's still, I mean, I don't know what that says about the AEW doctors, but the fact that he's just still in the ring, just wrestling, having good matches, is just, wow. It's, I give him credit for that. Like, it's, he definitely, like, him and Billy Gunn, and especially Billy Gunn, like, I don't know how you look better in your 50s than you did in your 20s. Um, <laughs> or how you uh, how you more over than you were when you was like one of the peak tag teams in the attitude era <laughs> like but kudos to them for, for making it work so yeah Christian's definitely another one well, I, I didn't count Christian the same way like I didn't count Samoa Joe cause it was like they were already oh. big names yeah. the same way like I didn't count Mox like Moxie was a you know a big name in WWE he just became the man in AEW just holding things down and being, oh. like an adult, being an adult in the room for, for like basically two years. Yeah, so I guess I probably knew that Tony Nese was kind of DOA anyway. Um, There was one other name that I'm like... You know, like the perfect 10, Sean Spears. Oh, God. I, I don't even know. Did I miss him on the roster here? I might have oh. missed him. Oh, uh, Keith Lee was uh, another one where you're like... Okay, they just screwed screwed him up in the WWE, especially after you know the infamous. It seems like at this point, Brock Lesnar selling for him at the Royal Rumble, where th- things just never seem to get on track for him. And oh boy, uh, it, I, I it, it has not Keith gone well. Biggest thing was if Triple H was in charge when Keith Lee first came to the main roster. We were talking about Keith Lee a lot different. We, we, yeah. we also talk about Swerve Strick a lot different, but I don't know if Swerve would have got the opportunity to get as big as he is under the umbrella of WWE. Just because it's kind of like, you need to have that opportunity, and they knew he was special. But I, if anybody, it's like the same thing LA Knight. Ain't nobody thought he was this special. Like, ain't no oh. way in the world. It's kind of like, it's just out of nowhere. Like, he's just an evil hill that people just like. Like He does not go out his way to try to be cool. He tries to go out his way to be as despicable as possible. But it's like, you got a theme song and you got a, and you got a manager that does a, a dance and people like doing that dance. You just come out we just got this vibe of like I'm a, I'm a cool ass, like I'm not trying to be cool, but I'm a cool ass villain. That shit work. There ain't a lot of them. Like, it's, that, yeah. it's the same thing Randy Orton had in 2009 when he got skinny. And he was really looking like a snake. It's like you be the most despicable person on the planet in pro wrestling. People will like you if you if you're good <laughs> enough at it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why you always end up with the the heel turning babyface, just because nine times out of ten you just get too popular, and it's it's hard to sell you as the heel. Oh, you want to segue that to somebody that that's exactly what that happened to Mr. Bobby Lashley. I, I like how they just decide, like, you know what, this hill stuff ain't gonna work <laughs> with them, <laughs> with him or the street prop. Cause they tried. I yeah, that was one uh, of the Triple H dishes. Dishes. Oh my God, why can't I say decision? <laughs> Good Lord. That <laughs> uh, um, didn't make any goddamn sense whatsoever. Like it was just like you said. Like Bobby Lashley is kind of in that territory of. He's just not getting booed, period. Like, he's been around long enough, even though there's a giant gap in his WWE resume. Like, 
people recognize the fact that because what what was yeah it was the wrestlemania in detroit the first wrestlemania that we went to when we were still doing stuff for the torch that bobby lashley was there that man has been in professional wrestling a long ass time even though again admittedly he took a break yeah, like somebody pointed out, I think on the Ringer shows, like fans decided they they not booing people from ruthless aggression era. Like they've been there too long. Like <laughs> y'all OGs, but it's like the Lashley thing, I kind of got because like they they needed a heel, and it's like Lashley was an awesome heel when he was doing the hurt business stuff, but Lashley was so damn cool. Where it's like we ain't booing that Like why are we gonna boo him? He awesome. He backs up his words. He beats people up. He look cool doing like. Don't boo somebody got pretty women that can fight. Like, no, this is not in, we not incels. This is cool. And it's like people like the street prophets too. They kept trying, like they jump Ray Mysterio and they was jumping people, but it's like the street prophets might get a few boos. As soon as Bobby Lashley come out, they start chanting his name. When they were in Brooklyn and that man was in the ring and they just like he swore me to hill and they're just chanting like he is stopping. And letting people know, like, like yes, they. Who was he in the ring with? Um, he said something about their face. I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember. remember, but it's like that man. Like they tried to make him a heel, and I think once that Brooklyn crowd was like, they were chanting for him, like no. And I think ever. And you know they gave up on that because the, they had tribute to the troops. He's fighting Karrion Cross. It's like you're not going <laughs> military veteran Bobby Lashley on the troops show against Karrion Cross. Like who has a second military veteran on his side? Yeah, it's like and they brought that out. It's like they like no people like hell. People like the street profits. Uh, you try. Uh, I know why they tried, but it's like. Unless he's jumping Ray Mysterio every week, nobody booing Bobby Lashley. I, that well, I I do think that that was one of those things that I don't feel like they committed to making them heels, other than putting them in the spot to be heels. I mean, they did put the Street Profits in suits and they had them talk tough. So, I, well, it was well, it was just one of those things where. They didn't change their, you know, like music didn't change. Uh, their entrance didn't really change that much. A little bit. It was a little more serious, but not a lot. But I think it's, yeah. I, I, what happened is they tried to do the same thing they did with the Hurt Business. But you got to your mind, the Hurt Business got to a point where people were not booing them anymore either. And it's like, oh. that was a while ago. Yeah. And we have a different, like, the crowd is more sophisticated with stuff like that now. It's like... I know what you're trying to do, but no. We like Bobby. We like them. We cheering them. And I like kudos to them. They, they, once they realized it wasn't working, they stopped doing that. It's like they start showing vignettes. It's like, all right, like, fine, fuck it. <laughs> like, like, we're not going to force the issue. It's like we kind of go with the flow. You know how those are different company? They were in Cleveland on Raw, and it's like, you know what? They ain't going to move the miss here. So why even bother? Uh, well, I mean, the, the the Miz has been at least a baby face for this Gunther run. Yes, <laughs> the the, the last like three weeks or whatever it's been. Yeah, it's like we got Johnny Gargan. Like we going to team two Cleveland guys in Cleveland. 
Yeah, that's just. And then how Michael Cole like tries to explain. I don't know why they on the same team because they screwed Champa and then he hired Gargano as a as a fake kidnapping and stuff. I don't know what's going on. Wait, Barrow's like, stop worrying about it. <laughs> like, like, like Michael Cole did his best to like poo poo like why he a baby face. Don't y'all know who this man is? It's like, yeah. And it's weird because of course in your hometown you should be cheered, but we grew up watching WWE where it's like you normally got embarrassed in your hometown. And now it's like they're in Cleveland. Yes, let's just treat him like a hero. And like Miz is so no like we only boo Miz because like we're supposed to, but nobody really wanna boo Miz. Uh, well, yeah, like you said, Ruthless Aggression Era, that, that man has been around. Maybe he's uh, late end, tail end of the Ruthless Aggression I mean, Era. 2007? It's like, yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's just funny where he's been there a lot. It's like, you just realize him and Kofi and all of them, they've just been there for this a long, a long time with like, they're OGs and the crowd is mature enough to like, you know what? Like Randy Orton will never be a heel again. I don't care. I'll, he can he can he can punt Becky Lynch in the face. <laughs> like like man was out for a year and a half and came back. He did not have to come back. He came back happier than other. Got on no. He got on something because I saw how that them, those abs should not look like that, especially at his age. But it's like whatever. That man loves the business. <laughs> it's like that. And it's like he got the. He is happy. He says, "So I'm happy to be here. I'm the old, I'm the last of OGs. I'm not going to Hollywood like Cena, Batista. I love wrestling. I want to keep doing this as long as I can." And I remember him talking like a couple years ago, like, "Hey, you know, I'm a dad now, and I made money. I'm, I'm alright. It's hard keeping abs." He was talking about how I was like, you know, counting down to quit, and I guess getting injured. Change his perspective, but now you're talking about yeah. as long as I can, and it's just wow. Where it's like Randy Orton becoming the Undertaker at WWE, considering how he was basically this young punk that kept getting in trouble, is such a wild ass thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's still on the uh, would not have predicted uh, <laughs> list. Uh, Randy Orton, locker room leader. I mean, he is, and it's just it's. It's an amazing thing, like just wrestling the position. I guess we can wrap up talking about, you know, like pick Royal Rumble's coming and WrestleMania's coming. It's kind of like you look at their roster, it's a lot of people that don't doesn't necessarily have a match right now. It's kind of like you who's LA Knight fighting? Like you forget LA Knight is like the third biggest baby face in that company. It's like who is he fighting at WrestleMania? Johnny Knoxville. You know what? I can see him easily. <laughs> if you want to solve that, have a three-way with him, Lashley, and um, Logan Paul for the U.S. title. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, Logan Paul seems like a decent objective for him, for L.A. Knight. And like I know, Lashley I, would fit in that equation. Yeah, like I know they have that tournament going on, which is it's just so many people like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Ray. Like even, not even talking about the Steve Austins and Brock Lesnar. Like they have so many people that could, in a normal year, main event night one and night two, both men and women. Like it's 
I'm assuming Bill is gonna be Bailey Bail EO Sky and Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley, but it's still like what you doing with Oscar, what you doing with Charlotte Flair, like what you doing with Bianca Belair, like you know, unless you're doing multiple women matches, like they have a lot of people on the men and women's side that they don't necessarily have storylines for right now. And it's a long time between now and the mania, but yeah. it's one of those good it's one of those good problems to have. Uh, yeah, they have, they are really, well, cause wasn't it roughly around this time? I'm trying to remember when Triple H kind of took over, you know, cause Vince made the comeback around WrestleMania this year and then, uh, you know, sold his pride and joy and then also got the boot out of creative at the same time. So, I mean... I guess we all, I felt like Triple H needed a little bit of time to change over the roster and to kind of get things in place to have his WWE. And uh, while he, it, it, it might have come to fruition a little bit earlier than this, like it's kind of perfect timing with the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania being just around the corner that. Yeah. It, it it really seems to be in his uh, booking image now. because yeah, he, he can do it out the spectrum. Like, because last year he was doing it, but it was always that whole, well, you know, Vince is gone, but Vince going to come back, and then Vince came back at the worst damn time. And it's kind of like, remember, the only reason Jay White is in the AEW because Vince came back. Like, people forget about that. Like, Jay White was going to be in WWE until he was not. And it's just wild thinking. I wonder how Jay White feels about that now. He just Oof. he just waited out like two weeks. Yeah, that's but, all he needed to do because that uh, AEW run is. E- I hope he make him, I hope he making money. That's all I gotta say. But it's yep. you know Triple H gets to do you know it's his thing. He don't have anybody looking over his shoulder. Like he's the man in charge, and like he and he has more tools to work with than any Booker's had in a long ass time. Where it's like. That man, CM Punk is on. CM Punk is in WWE. <laughs> like that's still like CM Punk and Cody Rhodes are in WWE. Like, and that is wild to think about. That like that is a thing. Like they, Logan Paul is the U.S. champion. Like the people I know, people not realize how famous that man is. Like that man <laughs> is a is famous in, in an era where it's hard to be famous. Like and he is like, you know what? Yeah, this wrestling thing, cool. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna learn how to do it. Have fun. Like that didn't happen five years ago. I was like, ah, I'm gonna come in. I do a little. Like we get like Mickey Rourke. I throw a punch. You know, I do oh. that. Now, now we get. We gonna have Bad Bunny take time from being on tour to have a pay per view in Puerto Rico and have like a three month storyline. <laughs> and I know people kind of like, what's the big? I'm like. Amanda Beyonce did that. Like, I'm gonna show up at SummerSlam and fight Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how that's how big a damn deal it is. Like, imagine it was like, you know what? Oh, Britney Spears gonna have a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, like Bad Bunny is that damn big. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna learn how to wrestle, and I'm not just gonna have a match. I'm gonna show up at a Royal Rumble just to get eliminated because I like it so much. Like that, uh. he did that too. Uh, yeah, he is a madman for wrestling. Also, got put through a table. Like, God bless that man. Yeah, like we 
wrestling, you know, and it's funny where people forget like Cardi B would have showed up if that asshole Lacey Evans wasn't talking that nonsense, but it's like they had it is a lot of famous people. Like the one thing that's changed with wrestling between now and even the attitude era is there isn't that stigma anymore. Like attitude era wrestling is very popular with people are right? like everybody watching was definitely popular with people our age. But it's still like, you know, if if depending on when you were watching, you might have not have been comfortable just having your parents just come in watching wrestling because oh. how would you how would you explain like why why is Trish Stratus on her knees barking like a dog? <laughs> or like why is Val, why are they about to castrate Val Venus? Like how can you explain <laughs> that? So <grown> up. <laughs> uh yeah, especially when it's pee pee choppy choppy here. Yeah, like it's, it's no like the whole thing with the golf like it's funny till it's kind of like and just trying to bribe people with prostitutes in a wrestling ring. Like, what you going? Don't tell grandma that. Like, it's not. <laughs> I can watch wrestling now, and for the most part, and not feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, I'm not gonna be embarrassed. Like, at most, if you watch it with your wife or somebody, like, you have to be careful. You watch NXT doing a women's match. Like, oh, I see you like that's what you like, huh? Because some of the outfits they wear is kind of like <laughs> it, it is what it is. But beyond that, it's like. It's, they really have storylines where you kind of feel like you feel embarrassed. Like, well, if you understood, you got to understand this. This like it's, it's straightforward storylines. It's yeah. violent, but it's wholesome. And the fact that it's like I could turn ESPN right now. They have stories about wrestling. It's no big deal. Like it's just or no. Sports Illustrated or Fox News. Like wrestling is accepted in mainstream. You know, people spend money. The networks. That cutting back on normal stuff or spend a lot of money to get wrestling because they know people watch wrestling. People are bidding to get events. And it's like that's the biggest thing where people get involved in wrestling and everybody know what it is and they don't feel embarrassed for doing it. Like Logan Paul don't like Logan Paul does not have to do this at all. Oh. Like he, he is well he is very wealthy <laughs> and very famous. Like he was doing just fine. The fact that it's like he did a one off and liked it so much, like, you know what? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I he called Triple H boss like that. That's how much he has put stock in, into what he's doing in the WWE. Wow, you know? like he, that happened. Like it's wild. Like Triple H did the finger point picture with CM Punk. Like <laughs> I, that happened. And I know it happened, but I'm like, I remember how he used to talk about that man. And I remember how Twitch used to talk about him. Like, you know they like each other, but you know it's a lot of kind of like, yeah, you know. Yeah, like, it's, it's a, like a, a grudging. Lot of backhanded kind of thing, like, I guess. So, like, it was kind of like, they both kind of like, I respect you, but it's like that whole condescending ass. Like, you're not as good as you think you are from both sides. And I think it helps that they're both older and it's like they're not competing anymore in the same avenue. But the fact that they did the NXT finger point picture with CM Punk of all people is just insane <laughs> to me. Like, that is, like, I should be used to things like that. But I'm just glad that we got to a point where wrestling can still surprise me. But it happens. And yeah, I'm I'm happy to be a wrestling fan. Uh, I, yeah. I remember a time when I was kind of like, eh, I still watch, but I don't want to tell nobody. 
Nah, I'm, I'm fine. You still people you still walk on white. If you watch wrestling, you would if you saw what I saw, you would understand. It's like it's nothing at its peak. There's no form of entertainment that matches what pro wrestling can do. Uh, yeah, like it's it it, it is a really weird uh live drama that uh you know part theater. Part soap opera, part everything. Like, it's weird. Uh, so, I guess with that, uh, I will talk about some uh, some beer here since we're trying to get out of here at a reasonable hour. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to drink some of the beer that I uh, bought throughout the year uh, in a reasonable time frame here. So, uh, say one thing. You know, yeah. Talk about your beer. Like, you know, one thing, like, yes, Russell, you have a drama and you don't have to wear all the blog. Currently, Las Vegas Raiders are beating the Chargers sixty-three to seven. Oh my god! Yeah, when I when I started the show with you, it was twenty-eight nothing. That was the second quarter. <laughs> and, I was, and I saw halftime. The coach was like, "We're gonna keep piling it on." Boy, they were not playing. And it is fourteen minutes left of the game. <laughs> oh my! Oh. Oh yeah, because that's not Miami. Holy, are they going to try to eclipse Miami's score from earlier this year? Sixty. I'm like, boy. I guess I guess they were all right about Justin Herbert because I used to thought he was like, you know, imagine that team without him is like, woof. Yeah, but no, they they're going to need some of that. Sippy, I think the Chargers going to need some of your sippy time beer because good lord, they getting molly whopped. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I. I Maybe I'm trying to remember if they're on the Steelers schedule, but ooh, that's a whole another uh, den of snakes to get into at the current moment. Oh, Steelers fans are uh, are something else. Uh, hey, gosh, I don't I, I don't like being amongst them sometimes. Uh, so uh, this, the, the, Look, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. We lose two games in a row, and everybody talking about the coach in the hot seat. Uh, well, I mean that's that that's where we're at at the current moment too. That's different. You, you, y'all, you have an excuse. You can just use racism. So uh, I mean, uh, we, don't, we don't we don't have that excuse. We can't even do that. We just got bozos as fans. So <laughs> oh man. Uh, back to the belt time beer, I suppose. Uh, Elst Brewing Company out of Knoxville, Tennessee. I was down at uh, Bianca Belair's old uh, stomping grounds there uh, earlier this summer. Uh, their beer, Uptown Fresh Sesh. So uh, Session IPA, 4.5% alcohol. Nice, a light beer to have, uh, especially for a long podcast like I always have with uh, one Shahid here who uh, can uh, go ahead and send us out of this one for Kevin DeFrango I'm Shahid Abdul Hadi and shout out to everybody except for Tommy DeVito we are out